You are now listening to Halos in the Infield, an Angels baseball exclusive podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. Fernando. How's it going, everybody? We're just checking in with you guys, the listeners, to see uh, to, to let you know exactly what's uh, the latest news in the Angels world of baseball and off and on the field. And unfortunately, we have some off the field stuff to talk about in this particular episode. Fernando, why don't we get this started and you give the headline away. The, so it was reported yesterday by ESPN, Jeff Fletcher of the OC Register, who was just on our show. Check out that interview you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this news was absolutely everywhere. So some minor league baseball players, uh, one specifically came out uh, who is a uh, trash panda. And what does that mean for those who might not know? That is the Angels double-A team. He came out with a story talking about how it's six men who live in a, is it a one-bedroom apartment? One-bedroom apartment, yeah. In a one-bedroom apartment. So that's essentially like what it boiled down to. But it's a much bigger issue. Like that's kind of like the headline that everyone's like kind of, you know, uh, pointing out that's, that seems to kind of be the big draw of the article. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to obviously talk about that, but we're going to dive in a lot more um, because I think a lot of people are exactly like Todd was, you know, two months ago and it's not, you know, Todd's fault. It's just, you've never been exposed to this kind of stuff. And now that it's brought into the national, you know, media, we can hopefully start talking about it, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, when I think minor league baseball to a degree, I I don't know if you remember the movie League of Their Own, you know, like where they're on the. I, I watched it this morning on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, they're on they're on that bus, and it's like really you know janky. They're living in motels and stuff, and that's a women's baseball team in the nineteen forties and fifties. Um, but what happened was, and like you alluded to, I had no idea this was a thing. You know, obviously you had done your research, you had your sources, you have, you know, major league uh, ball players and, and people in big spaces in major league baseball. So you were aware of this. And when me and you got together with the podcast and everything, one of the first things Fernando told me was, hey, you know, I want to really interview Ty Buttry. I think Ty Buttry has a lot of insight, not only on baseball, his, in, you know, his story, which if you haven't checked that out, check that out, too. It's a great interview me, Fernando, did with that with uh, Buttry. And he he had his sources with, with Ty. Long, long story short, uh, the fact that Ty talked about a lot of things that a lot of Angel fans wanted to know. But his passion was helping the minor league system and minor league players in the injustice that they face on an everyday base, uh, a basis, either uh, you know um, mentally with the hardships and financially. And I didn't know about all the horror stories until you know it started to come to light through Buttry's interview, Fernando kind of like catching me up to speed, and then I saw a few things here and there that came up with the Baltimore Orioles. And thought, okay, maybe it's just certain organizations. But there you go. Yep. So um, I had a conversation uh, with Ty. And obviously, because uh, that was a private conversation, I won't go in too deep. But uh, him and I just kind of both mutually agreed that in this certain situation, the angels are the scapegoat. Because, you know, 
someone, you know, you got to call out somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Forget the angels have been, you know, such a train wreck when it comes to off the field issues mm-hmm. that, you know, perfect alibi, right? There you go. It's the angels and blame them. So, but this is a much bigger issue and people need to start talking about it and not stop talking about it because everybody loves to hop on things. Well, it's a trend, mm-hmm. but what happens when it's time for action? You know, we've seen this with a bunch of stuff and we can sit here and talk about it to we're blue in the face, but Hey, I don't want to talk politics on the show. That's for the, for, you know, a future podcast, maybe who knows. <laughs> and, you know, other things, but as of right now, you know, with that, like politics and stuff, there, there's still a bunch of other situations where people will care about something while it's hot and that's, you know, it's sexy to feel that way. And then people just stop caring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it starts with having the uncomfortable conversation. Jeff Fletcher when and ESPN are already started that part. They had the unpleasant conversation. And if you want to dig deeper, there's other people besides us who have been doing that as well. I've been willing to have this conversation for the last two years. I've, I just kind of find it funny that, you know, we've been covering this for a while. I've covered this in other shows. Now we're starting to cover this on this network. And people just pick today to start caring. Yeah. Like, you know, the information's been out there. It's always been out there. It's just, you know, <sighs> people maybe have been naive to it. and It's not their fault. It's just, it's always been out there. I think, I think the problem is too, you know, you had a golden era of Angels baseball. And I'm not. I'm just going to throw this back to the Angels in a, in a, uh, for a minute here. Uh, you had a golden era that was doing really good, and it just seemed like after the 2014 season, things dropped off. You had all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, you had you know the Aiden Hart thing that happened. I think it was in '09 or was it '09? '09. And then um, you know you've had tragedies here and there, and, and stuff pop up. But it seems like it's mostly been after '14, after the last playoff run. And uh, there's been all sorts of, uh, you know, inconsistencies in the organization, problems. Now there's uh, probes into the drug use and, you know, who's to blame for that. And then, um, you know, obviously, you know, losing Skaggs. But it, it, it's sort of like as an Angel fan, if you see this happening in New York and Baltimore, you're like, oh, man, it kind of sucks. But when it comes home and it hits home, like what happened with Skaggs and everything, then it's like, hey, we got to check on people's mental status drug use, things like that. Then you start to care more because, you know, it's your team, it's your home, it's your hometown. And I think um, with this situation, you've been caring no matter if the player's in Florida and Japan. It's just the fact of the matter is people are getting mistreated here. And um, these, you made a, a great point last time we were talking. You're like, how can you treat someone that's going to make you money potentially or, you know, for the most part, most of these guys aren't going to make it, but there's a select few that can come through that are going to make you money. And the whole business for these billionaire owners is to make money. And so why would you treat the people that are trying to work for you, work better themselves and make you money at the same time, like pieces of garbage? Like, why would you let a person from Cuba or the Dominican Republic risk their life to get over here? And leave a third world country to become, you know, in the United States and figure, okay, I'm playing major league baseball. I'm going to get a fat contract or I'm trying to work my way up. I should be taken care of. And then you're treated like a third world citizen again in a first world country. And then a first world kid that goes to college, puts his degree in the back burner, wants to chase his dream is treated like a third world country person. It doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, if there's one thing we know about Americans is that they're just like, in some cases, obnoxiously patriotic. And, you know, it's not their fault. It's just how we're raised, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like this is the best country in the world. There's opportunity, all that. Mm -hmm. What's a kid from Cuba, like you said, who probably had to get here on a boat? Mm -hmm. You know, they had to sneak their way into this country just for an opportunity to play something that they love so they can have a better opportunity for their family. You know, regardless of how people feel about immigration, I think everybody at least understands why people want to come here. And it's because of the opportunity, yep. right? Regardless of what your, you know, what your opinion is on immigration, everybody at least understands why people want to come here. And I don't think anybody's against people wanting to come to the country. We all understand, you know, the, the opportunities there, especially for some of these people in those third world countries. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine, or let's paint a picture for the listeners and for you, Todd. Like, imagine that you're one of those people. You came over in a boat from Cuba. You have a family. You're trying to send money home, but you can't do that. Yep. You're going to pay $12,000 a year minimum. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, maximum. That's maximum because you know that's pre-tax. Uh, Uncle Sam isn't cheap. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting paid way less. You know, especially depending on where you are. I mean, you know, there's some minor league cities that are you know very nice cities that it's probably very expensive to live in. I mean, what about these guys in Salt Lake? Well, well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, you're using that money. Say, for instance, like you said, the U.S. dollar can go far in Mexico. It can go far in Cuba and places like that. I totally get that. And if that's the way you got to do it, then that's the way you got to do it. And even if you want to save and say, hey, you know what? I got family living in the Midwest, a cheap town, trailer park, whatever. I, tr- I want to help them out. You really can't. Uh, it's like Ty Buttry said, like, in his interview when you asked him, you know, he told you that he had a, a nice signing bonus to where it didn't affect him that much. But he could see where money's tight and seeing people struggle. And there shouldn't be, I mean, we're all under the assumption, at least I was, that when a player is drafted, when they're signed or brought over overseas, or if they're a prospect and they make it into single A, double A, what have you, that at least in the morning you wake up and say, okay, well, I have a meal. You know, they're putting me on a regimen. I have this, this, and that to do today. Uh, have it hit the trainer. I'm gonna eat here. I'm gonna eat there. I'm gonna eat there. Play, practice, go home, take a shower, and go to bed. Yep. And you just assume that there's some sort of schedule, and and everyone's taken care of. And yeah, the bus rides are the bus rides. You save money there. You don't want to fly your guys around. I get that, but <laughs> I never knew it came to the, <laughs> what it is. It's the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah, I mean, I'm blown away. Especially with this article. Yeah, man. It, it's absolutely stunning to me. I mean, let's paint this for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get paid more working at McDonald's. That's not even a joke. That's not even exaggeration. You can get paid more greeting at a Walmart. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's like what you consider like, you know, like, a you know, oh, I'm 16, my first job. It's those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You get paid more doing that. Yeah. You can go back groceries at Ralph's. How many more baseball players who are actually talented can play if there was a decent wage? There's a lot of these guys who I bet can't afford to play because you know what? I just had a baby. I'm only 18. I'd love to play baseball. I have the talent, but I got to go work at Ralph's bag groceries. Cause that's the only job I can get right now. Or a warehouse. And that's gonna pay me more. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like how it, these owners would get a lot more talent 
if they would pay these players just a little bit more. I don't think anybody's sitting here saying, hey, man, these minor leaguers deserve a million dollars a year. No, but they deserve minimum wage. Literally, how is it okay that in this country with the world's best opportunity, these guys are getting paid less than double the minimum wage, less than four times the minimum wage in some cases, depending on what state you're in. These guys aren't even getting $5 an hour. Yet minimum wage in parts of California is $15. Most of it, you know? yeah. Exactly. If this is Texas, minimum wage $7.25. You're not that far off. Yeah. How can we not close the gap in those states? These are billionaires. There is one owner who's not a billionaire. And that's probably not going to last much longer. And that's the Rays. Yeah. And actually, I feel like the Rays owner would probably be more inclined to pay his minor leaguers because that team probably understands the value of the minor leagues. I, I, th- I think what's going to happen is this needs to be a state to government issue for a league that is not governed like case in point. Um, the politics that's going on in sports. Like you have, if if they choose to do whatever they're doing during the game, it's a league. It doesn't represent the country. If you do it in the Olympics, that's why everyone's up in arms because you're there for the country. Like shut your mouth and just do your thing. Now in here, it's a league. It's it's governed by themselves. They have their own commissioner. They have their own this, that, and the other. Tony Clark. It, being it's a, the individual person's view. Yeah. And when we talked about with Ty Butchery, I brought this up with him and said, hey, man, do you think this is going to be a talking issue at the collective bargaining agreement? And he just laughed because, think about it, they've got so many other things. They're thinking about the millions upon millions of dollars that they could be making for the players that are in the league and also the owners and the TV contracts and all that other stuff. They're not worried about the minor league system. This is, that's, that's the farthest thing from their mind, and that's unfortunate. Because until we get someone that's going to probe this and make this a big thing, the league's just going to keep passing the buck. And you're absolutely right. With minimum wage being the way it is, I mean, they're not making any cash. They've literally just got enough money to pay for where they're going to stay and maybe a bite here, a bite there. So real quick, I was thinking a way that these owners can could do something about this if they were ever to come to a pass, which – you know, Major League Baseball takes forever to do anything and come to yeah. c- come to together. Anything productive, on... anything productive. They'll they'll gladly add a runner on second base in extra innings without blinking an eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with this, you would think maybe, like I said, this on the post game show. What if you just built like barracks or freaking uh, dorms at each stadium? But remember, that's what Butchery said that the Pirates said. Like, oh, we have Pirates Village. You're so lucky. Mm-hmm. But like he said, he, he didn't feel lucky. You know, this wasn't somewhere he was, you know, wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, he said it was just normal college dorms. And I get it. You know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it might not be ideal. But I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. It's better than living with six dudes. At least in that case, you hopefully only have one roommate. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm in the, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Because I'm going to go to tangent. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, to finish up on the dorms, if every team had that, and at least if you were guaranteed your meals, even if the cheap-ass owners don't want to give you the cash and up your pay, at least that money's not going towards rent and food, and at least you can send that back and maybe just pocket some for spending cash around the area. That's my point. I mean, I, I still think 12 a year is still aggressively low. It is. It is. 
it's not cool at all. It just, I don't get it, man. It just, it baffles my mind to think how you can have so much money and just be in a situation where, you know, you're just like, you know what? Screw my minor leaguers. And you know what? Someone's got to say it. And the good thing about us having a network is that we can say whatever we want. We don't have to answer to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it. Fuck the major league players and what they think they deserve. It's not about you anymore. You think you deserve more? Play a little better. You know, I'm not sitting here critiquing people's, you know, talent. These guys, you know, have the talent, but it's like, you know, you have an agent do it for you. You know, people like Tony La Russa get mad. You know, maybe I'll take back my words a little bit about play a little bit better because obviously, you know, these guys do whatever they can. I get it. You know, not everyone is talented as the next guy, and that's just how sports is, and that's just how life is. You know, there's somebody to your right who might be better than you at something, but that doesn't change what your job is. But, you know, a guy like Tony La Russa was mad at your mom, Mercedes, for what, not not taking that 3-0 pitch or whatever, hitting a home run, and he like, he's like, oh, he has to pay a debt to our family? What's the debt to his family? Sending him down to AAA so he has to potentially now starve? I understand, obviously, he didn't perform, so that's the yeah. reason he got sent down. But, you know, on average, he's going to be getting paid a lot more in arbitration now because of that home run. Mm-hmm. I think it was Brent McGuire that might have reported that uh, – uh, you know, a home run is worth a couple thousand dollars extra in arbitration. Who cares? I don't care if, if it's a 5-0 count, if that was possible. You know, it used to be seven balls, I think, back in old school baseball to get a walk. Mm-hmm. I don't care if that's the case. If there's a good pitch down the middle and I'm trying to support my family, you best believe I'm going to swing out of my shoes. It is not cool. It is not fair. You can't take food out of these players' mouths, essentially, for playing the game, knowing that they have to play their ass off just to get a livable situation. Mm -hmm. Todd, can you imagine what it's like to wake up every single morning? Because you, like you said, you expect them to wake up every single morning to a routine, right? Could you imagine what it feels like to, you know, hey, I worked my ass off to get to this point. Mm -hmm. We just interviewed Kai Bush. He was so excited. He worked his ass off. To get to this point, and rightfully so, man. I'm sure. I'm sure that guy's put in the time. Mm-hmm. What's it going to be like, you know, as the days progress for any of these guys who just got drafted? They hit double A. They hit triple A. They're not in the forty man, so they're not making the hundred K a year. What's it going to feel like to wake up every single morning at six a.m., walk to the gas station across the street, get a dollar Danish because that's all I can afford, and a Polar Pop because that's the most uh, you know bang for my buck I can get for that day. Because they give me $20 a day in per diem. Oh, and $12 of that 20 goes to paying for shitty food in the clubhouse that I can't eat because it doesn't fit my diet because I actually care about my body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, people don't have these conversations because it's uncomfortable for them. And I'm hoping that we're crossing that bridge today with this, man. Well, spoiler alert on the interview that we did with Packy. Um, I thought that, you know, um, he was very honest, and he he uh, we didn't even we were trying to skirt around it not to get him in trouble, obviously because he's pitching there. But he just said basically that you know he was naming his regimen what he did during the day. There's really no curfew on those guys, and it was very shocking to hear. Number one, and number two, he's like, well, yeah, if we don't if we have time, we can get something to eat, and what's open around eleven o'clock. So that's this basically telling you. It's like Jack in the Box, McDonald's. You try to eat healthy if you can, but it is what it is. It's your budget. It's what's open at that particular time at night. That's not right. Um, 
you know as well as I know that the gate for an Angels game food-wise, if you take a small fraction of what they make there, you can easily pay for these minor leaguers for per night or a couple nights in a row, whatever, because of the money they charge for that kind of crap. And I don't think it's a big stretch to be like, hey, you know what, we'll cater in breakfast. We'll give them either money or we have three different kinds of meals they can partake from. We, we cater in a, a dinner. At least do that t- two meals and then have them get their lunch. Because even Courtney was saying when she was in college, in a pristine college, that, you know, <laughs> one time they were doing it. Well, it happened several times, she said. But one time she was bringing up that uh, she was doing a double header, And the coach said, hey, you're either going to eat before or after the game. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they had a game that, you know, started like at uh, 2 o'clock. And so it's like either lunch or dinner. And so what they did was they said they, they opted for lunch. You eat that, but they had to eat light because obviously you're out there playing back-to-back yeah, games. Game. Yeah, and then you burn all that energy. You burn those calories. You're starving, and the coach looks at you later like, hey, we're going to grub. No, I have nothing else for the for the evening. What the hell's that? You know what I mean? And so – she said she was lucky her mom zelled her some cash to get some pizza for her and her two roommates. So yeah. I can imagine that happens in the, in the minors now. Yeah, but that's college. Yeah. That's college. You know, and I mean, there's some college programs where, you know, some women's softball uh, teams may not be as profitable mm-hmm. as, you know, some minor league teams. But it doesn't change the fact that it's still basic human rights. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. How do they, you know, it's one thing if the player's opting to not eat two meals, that's on the player. Yeah. But they have to offer it. I don't care if this is, you know, and that's my thing. You know, I, you do like college sports. Yes, absolutely. I do not. You know, now I, maybe I'll give it a shot because now I know that the players can sell their likeness. Well, I watch college. I watch, I'll break in here. I, I do watch college uh, football, softball, and baseball. I, I don't like basketball okay. that much anymore, but I am okay. with you with the likeness thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, prior to that, I was totally anti college sports. I'm just like, you know what, man? You know, my dad's a big Michigan Wolverines fan, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know what, man? F Michigan. These guys are getting billions and billions and billions of dollars off these people who are essentially still children. I mean, at the age of 18, let's be honest, most of us are still kids. You know, you got to call your mom for, like, hey, how to make a doctor's appointment. You got to call your mom for everything. So, you know, most of these people are still kids. Well, these just guys, these guys, go ahead. Oh, just Michigan alone, though. Think about this and what, you know, your dad being a Michigan fan and everything. Back in the day with the video games, Desmond Howard, Michigan Wolverine, Charles Woodson, Michigan Wolverine, their likeness was used. Uh, and they and was it EA Sports and all the video game consoles made millions on their likeness, and they got zero cash back. There's like nothing, you know. I I could not see for how did it take that long for them finally to break through and be like, hey, you know what? This is an issue. You know what I mean? It's just it, once again, it's having the uncomfortable conversation. Nobody wants to have it and anything in life. Nobody ever wants to have the unpleasant conversation. That's the thing where I think I've always been different. I want to have the unpleasant conversation. I don't care if it doesn't affect me. The fact that it's affecting somebody else does affect me, you know, and it's just, you know, it's with everything in life. I mean, if it's something that you feel like somebody's not living at least a normal life that they should, you know, it it should feel a little personal. It's like, you know, go ahead. Well, for people that haven't heard the other podcast, why don't you bring up again 
what the stories about the ramen and the food and stuff like that. Okay, so uh, Andrew from the Weekly Roundup and I used to have a show two years ago. It was a Padres podcast, you know, um, and we had Matt Antonelli, who was a first round draft pick for the San Diego Padres in 2008. He had a signing bonus of like about 1.4, I think. It wasn't much off of the, what Ty got. So, uh, and, but he was a first round pick. Ty was a fourth round pick, but, you know, different, different years, different money, mm-hmm. all that. So Matt had talked to us about some of the horror stories that he witnessed. So he said, that guys would get in trouble and or, you know, kicked out of hotel rooms for cooking ramen noodles inside of bathtubs because they had no other hot water. Think about that for a moment. You have to stay at a crappy motel because from what Ty told us, the hotels they stayed at were not luxurious. Mm -hmm. You'd have to fill your mold-covered bathroom, clog (sighs) it, Fill it to the brim with water, at least enough hot boiling water that you cook ramen in. Because, I mean, if it's just normal hot water, that's going to take a long time for that ramen to cook. You know, it's got to be boiling water. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to picture that right now. And first off, why would you get in trouble, number one, unless you made a real bad mess with the (laughs) toppings? But two, think about all the people that have showered or, 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 you know, in that bathtub and you're cooking with all that. I mean, come I mean, Todd, Todd, this is a motel. You're yeah. You're not staying at the Palms. Yeah, yeah. You're staying at a motel. See, I can, I can agree. I, I can kind of see this if we're like, say, for instance, we're playing in Dominican. If we're playing in a back area of Cuba and this happens, it'd be like, well, you know, maybe. We're this- in a first world country. Yes. We are in a first world country. There is likely a Waffle House not too far from that damn place. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Well, in all fairness, shout out to Waffle House. They're great. You can probably, you know, that's the one thing you could probably afford on that budget. I don't know yeah. how they do it, man. You go there for like $8 and they literally give you one of everything on the menu. <laughs> Which is terrific for me. I, I, I miss that place. But I digress. We're not getting yeah. paid by them. <laughs> but, 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 dude, I mean, I'm right Waffle there. Sponsor us, though. Waffle yes, House. please. We're, we're going to try to go out there for spring training. Sponsor us, please. Pecan waffles are the best. Um, I agree. <laughs> but but for real, I mean, like, when you told me that story, it blew my mind. I mean, on many levels. I mean, there there is no excuse for that. It you gets know worse. Okay, let's hear some more. So, um, also in the interview, Matt says that people would have to buy frozen chicken, and you're in a motel. What motel has a freezer? Right? Yep. So the players would have to put the raw chicken inside of their air conditioning unit or right on top of it to keep it as cold as possible so that they can cook it on a skillet or, you know, those little, like, George Foreman girls maybe? I don't know. Those little griddles. They'd have to cook them on that. And most of the time they're getting these griddles for, like, Christmas. Like, that's your Christmas gift from your family. Think about that for a moment, man. I mean, I would never eat chicken that was not frozen. I'm sure you wouldn't either. Most of us wouldn't. Why? Because, you know, we like to think like, oh, hey, I work very, very hard for my money. So so I don't have to do that. But here's the thing. These kids are probably working just as hard for their money and making a lot less of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't have to eat air-conditioned raw chicken and hope that we don't get sick. Yeah, that Ebola stuff is uh... (laughs) not the Ebola. What's the thing you get when you – the the raw chicken there's some sort of like a uh, stomach issue anyway yeah i mean look there 
when when it, it just you don't think of this. I mean, look, even if like say, and I know I'm going to piss some people off, but the lowest league in all of professional sports right now is probably the WNBA. Probably, like as far as mainstream sports, unless unless there's something else. I mean, if we're talking revenue, at least for you know like recognizable sports, perhaps. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously we can throw in things like the National Lacrosse League and things like that. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like your supposed big name sports, they're they're represented by the NBA. They're they're pretty much kept out of the red by the NBA. My thing is, they they're always complaining of equal pay, wanting more money, and yes, they don't make much money either. You know, they're about yeah, right. And we're, we're in no way saying that they don't deserve that. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm they're, just they're just, very talented players. We're just trying to compare the two. But I will tell you this from the start. That the WNBA, backed by the NBA, it, although they don't pay their players enough, they I know they take care of them food-wise. And I know travel as well. So, just in case anybody was mad by your comment, I am officially looking it up. And as far as United States professional leagues... The lowest grossing is the Women's National Basketball Association. Okay, so I was right on that one. And, okay, good. <laughs> but for the record, the lowest professional league is the Israel Basketball Premier League. Just just throwing that out there. Okay, okay. And uh, they make significantly less than the WNBA. So I will say that. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm not I'm not totally right, but I'm kind of right. Yeah, the WNBA is actually a lot higher on the list than I might have thought compared to, you know, like some of these other sports. But anyway, I digress. I just wanted to go ahead and confirm your fact just to not trigger people. We will, I wanted to dot my eyes on that one. <laughs> you did. Because my point being is like, look, the WNBA is, is always in the red. They're funded by the NBA, but they take care of their players. So, and, and, and then the Major League Baseball is basically, I think, you know, minor league baseball doesn't make much money. They don't have TV contracts for the most part. You have to really search to find them on the internet sometimes, unless you live locally, stuff like that. Uh, you know, the ticket prices, the ticket gates aren't that expensive, obviously. It's minor league baseball, and they always do janky stuff to attract people. But my point being is, either way, how the NBA is using their billions or millions when they are having a good season to make up for the revenue lost in the WNBA by funding them, taking care of their they players. They were profitable last year. They Who, the WNBA? Yeah, $4.5 million. Well, I mean, that's a, probably the first time they turned a profit. But what I'm trying to say is why can't Major League Baseball do that for their minor league system? You know, and even in a year, Fernando, where they have cut back on several franchises, making it a lot harder for people to, to reach their dreams. Shouldn't that tell them something to take that excess money and put it back into the game? Well, that's what the original promise was. Rob Manfred said, we're going to cut 40 minor league teams. I and Andrew were completely against the move. Also, uh, a guy who we've had on before, Taylor Blake Ward, a lot of Angels Mm -hmm. fans may know him, was also completely against the move. So I – I don't know who would have been okay with that move, but the only thing that maybe made it sound a little better was, you know what, we're going to cut these 40 teams, but we're going to go ahead and give the players a raise. So if that would have been the case, I would have been like, okay, you know, sure it sucks. You know, there's a lot of these towns, including where I grew up. I grew up in Bakersfield, California. Mm -hmm. For those of you guys who don't know, that is the armpit of California. 
But yeah, because if you were to come and say, "Hey, you know, I moved out of uh, Blankville, Texas, and I'm moving to California," oh, you're going to California? Where Bakersfield? Bakersfield. Oh, you're not really, you're not really in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing with uh, Bakersfield is, uh, it, it is actually called the armpit of California because it's right along the mountain range. They get mm-hmm. all the smog from LA and all the smog <laughs> from San Francisco, and he just gets stuck there. Yep, yep. So that that's why they call it that. But the point is that you know I. Uh, you know, a lot of people in that area grew up going to Bakersfield Blaze games, but they lost their team. Mm-hmm. Lancaster just lost their team. Mm-hmm. You know, Victorville, there's a long list. We can probably keep going. There is, you know, 40 teams total, guys, who got cut. And the promise was, we're going to pay these guys more. And like in the Ty Butcher interview, he said that the raise for each team was roughly $100. Well, here's here's my thing to you guys, or, or to you. Would you take the MLB coming to you saying, listen, you make what, 12 grand a year max out? Let's give you, say, for instance, 20 grand instead. Is that enough for you, or do you take plan B where it would be like, hey, we'll give you lodging and food and you keep your 12 grand? Is that good enough for you, or do you think the raise in money is where it's at? Honestly, as of right now, it's about starting somewhere. I don't think you can be complacent at the moment, as long as you feel like your basic needs are being met. If the team is truly giving you a reasonable accommodation, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean staying in a motel, that Mm -hmm. means staying at a Holiday Inn Mm -hmm. on road trips. Not Mm -hmm. super crazy. I'm not saying these guys should be staying at the Bellagio. But what I am saying is that these guys should be in a place where they can get a good night's sleep. They don't have to worry about mold. They don't have to, you know, find blood on the mattress. Things like that. You can actually That's make your waffle. You should get. Yeah, you can actually you, make your waffle downstairs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Funny story about that. I used to stay at a Best Western in Stockton, uh-huh. and uh, the, I used to eat the hotel breakfast in the morning because uh-huh. you know, hey, why not? It was there. So one day, I strolled down. There's a guy with the waffle fork. I swear, scratching his cross with the waffle fork. I'm like, oh. you know what? I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm like, never again. It's never happened. Oh, that, that's <laughs> terrible, man. Now I'm going to look at that fork next time I'm at a hotel. Like, damn, do I really want <laughs> Yeah, you're just kind of like, you know, maybe I will wear gloves for the fork. Yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. Fork. Oh, <laughs> maybe I should. You know what? Can I just get a new fork? I forget yeah. disinfecting it. This thing's done. I'll spray the shit out of the uh, pan too, man. The little grip thing. God. God, dude, that guy was so gross. That's anyway, tough. yeah, and he's exactly the guy who we thought would have been doing that too. Mm. That's why it was just kind of like the perfect storm. And I was in Stockton. I was just like, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm done here. I'm going home. I'm going home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, that was that story. Sorry for that. Hopefully you guys get a laugh out of that one. Though. But, no, um, this whole thing, man, is crazy. Um, I have some of the article pulled up here. Um, I don't know if maybe you guys just kind of want to skim through it and maybe we can kind of make some commentary. Yeah, go you know, for it. See fit. I'll try to cut out the filler. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was reported by June Lee of ESPN, uh, July 23rd. So that was yesterday at the time mm-hmm. of recording this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll skip here. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher his first name, but Kyrene Lovegrove, an active pitcher for the AA Rocket City Trash Pandas, said he is living with six other teammates in a, oh, it's a three-bedroom apartment. My apologies. We said one bedroom. Oh. Uh, sleeping on twin mattresses with one person sleeping in the kitchen and two others in the living room. Mm, nice. 
Uh, let me see. I fast forward through this. Uh, he had some guys in the 2021 season in low A Inland Empire retire due to living conditions for players. Said four teammates bunked in a camper van in a trailer park while others lived out of cars. Yeah, we heard about that Once, in Baltimore. Exactly. Guys, they are four teammates are bunking in a camper. It's not even the fact that it's in a trailer park. Cool. Whatever. Can you imagine four people, four, four grown men in a camper mm-hmm. in yeah. San Bernardino? <clears throat> yeah, these are not San Bernardino gets hot. Well, San Bernardino also, not only the hot part, but you have to worry about the people out there. There are some crazy people. <laughs> that is also a drug capital of, of SoCal. So, yeah, yeah you're not, <laughs> living in a camper in San Bernardino is not ideal. Let's just put yeah. it down. Yeah, and I... I don't exactly know how trailer parks work. If you have to pay electricity like you normally would. If you hook up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can run their generators during the day or whatever. I don't know how that whole situation works or if it's too loud. You know, I'm sure it depends on the trailer park, but mm-hmm. you know, all that aside, let's just say you do have to hook up. You're paying for electricity. I mean, these guys can barely afford to live as it is. I mean, there's four of them living together. Then they got to worry about electricity. Uh, uh, there's a little thing called food. They got to worry about water. And you, got, camper. and you got to pay for the space as well. Space ain't free. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Hopefully this is an old camper. Or you're stuck paying for that too. Yeah. I'm assuming it's an older camper. I'm assuming a family member members probably like here. Well, others lived out of their cars. How many of you guys wanted the 66ers game to cheer on the 66ers? Uh, we know some people who do constantly. <laughs> they live out of their cars yeah cool that shortstop just made that great play maybe lives in his car mm-hmm. and he eats ding-dongs or little debbie zebra cakes brisk guy that's what he can afford yeah, yeah. <laughs> no arizona iced tea gets a dollar oh yeah it's 99 cents brisk is 149 my, my bad it's too high yeah dude that 50 cents makes a difference i mean god if <laughs> i go to the grocery store and i'm like i don't know man why do I want uh, Cocoa Puffs when I can get Cocoa Krispies Chunko Funk yeah, for yeah. 80 cents less? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do that. And, you know, I'm not on that much of a budget. I can only imagine what it's like to live on 12K a year. All right, let's keep going. So this is an exact quote, and this was pretty powerful. That's why I'm going to leave this one, you know, uninterrupted. It's gotten to the point now where there are guys who are in serious mental health crisis because of how stressful money is here. Could you imagine a guy who's supposedly living his dream, because that's why these guys are doing it, saying that they think their mental health is in jeopardy? You know, and obviously there's there's people who are very clearly like, oh, that mental health. And, you know, maybe they don't have as much of an issue as others who, you know, try to cope with it because they understand the opportunity they have. But you shouldn't have to cope with it. This should be, in theory, some of the best years of your life. Mm-hmm. I've had my dream job. At the age of 21, a young Fernando got to live his dream. Mm-hmm. These kids are 18 to, you know, 22, 23, you know, during like the prime areas of minors in a time where they should be living their dream. Instead, they're literally living a nightmare. That doesn't sound like a dream to me. Come play. <laughs> it, it sounds like they're, they're having him come play at the stadium and then just be freaking transients at night. You know what I mean? Or, or, or homeless. And, uh, you know, it sounds I, like carnies. Isn't this what you yeah. expect out of a carny at a fair? 
Yeah, but at least they're in a, a gated area where, you know, like they're, they, they could sleep under the tent where the elephants are, or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, um, it's just, it, it's mind boggling to think that, you know, you could be asking for a guy's autograph, like you said, a shortstop that gets a game winning hit. He goes in his car and he's got like freaking McDonald's wrappers in it. And then he's got to clear out the back seat so he could take a nap or go to sleep. That's, that's not healthy. Mental health is a, is a huge issue. Absolutely, and, and um, this is sort of like, I guess, I guess you could look at it this way. This is just one way men- mentally. This could, could just kill you on the inside. Is that you fought all this way either from another country or from another state? You've left your family, friends, wife, whoever you want, are into behind to follow your dream. Everyone's behind you in where where you came from. You come over here and you're expecting better things. And you get nothing. So the pressure of getting out there, staying fit, you know, as much as these guys are your teammates, you're trying to beat them to the next level. So you're competing with your own team, not only the other team on the other side of the field, but you're trying to uh, compete with your own players. So that's mental stress, uh, stress plus the stress of being the best, working out, trying to eat, trying to, you know, sleep. All that comes together. And if you have just the simple things that are supposed to come with your dream moving forward, interrupted because it's on you and they're paying you so less or they're not providing a place to stay. I mean, come on, how are you supposed to cope and deal with all that? That seems to be too overwhelming. Exactly. No, I, you perfectly said, perfectly said. It's just people got to have these conversations, man. They they really do. They really do. Uh, Let's continue. So back to the quote. I really do not think it. uh, uh, I really do think it affects not only their play on the field, but I think it affects quality of life overall. We're reaching a point now where this is actually becoming detrimental to the players' overall health, and the owners not addressing it. Uh, The organization actively saying that they don't care about the health of their players. This is an exact quote. I am not paraphrasing. This are the words that he was quoted saying. I said this on the story. Arturo Moreno, if there is anywhere you are hearing this, you are an absolute joke, a laughing stock. This isn't about, oh, well, you're not making the right signings. This isn't about, oh, you're wasting money on Josh Hamilton. You're wasting money on these guys when you could be making sure that this guy or that these young kids here aren't literally throwing some of the prime of their life to live in a camper with four other men in a drug infested city of San Bernardino. No disrespect to San Bernardino. It's just, you know, these are these are facts. Mm-hmm. San Bernardino certainly doesn't have some good parts of town. I'm sure there is some good parts of town in San Bernardino, but I'm guessing just off of what I've known in my lifetime, the trailer park probably isn't in an amazing part of town, but I hope I'm wrong in that case. It's embarrassing. This isn't even about the organization. This is deeper. The angels are an scapegoat in this situation. This is a deeper issue. I think what you pay Mike Trout to play maybe three innings or have three at bats would cover these guys for evenings, not evening evenings. Mike Trout makes a hell of a lot of money and you are fine with paying him that money because you are raking in way more money than that. And you're fine. Mike with Trout's pay- getting paid 
four or five million dollars this year. Plus yeah, a signing bonus of $1.6 million. I've seen something where they break it down per pitch. I forget how much he makes per pitch. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, I mean, if if it doesn't, you know, if there's not such a huge disparity here. You know, obviously the owners might fight back and say, well, no, most of these guys won't even make it to the majors. Whoa. But you still got to take care of them. They're your employees. There should be some sort of, uh, you know, union for this, and there was never this put on the bill or for on the on the rights. There should be something to be taken care of for these people. You're just exactly. still working for Exactly, and I mean another hot take. It's like, how are the normal players' association of Major League Baseball not getting on this? Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we doing? We sit here and we care about like, oh, we're probably gonna have a strike this year. Who are we kidding? Yet we're not gonna. We're probably not gonna do anything for these minor leaguers because fuck them. That's why we weren't there before. We don't know what that's like. I think there's. Oh, I think that's there's, right. Most of these guys do. Yeah, I, I think the problem is there's too many players that have got to that next level, forgot where they came from, and forget about who they left behind. And I think that's where the issue is too. Not enough players have the Ty Butchery mindset of hey. Let's not like Ty Butcher is the type of dude that if he's on the battlefield in a war, someone gets shot and he he's in the clear, he's going to go back and grab him and try to yep. save him. If he knows someone's wounded and he could save him, Butchery's going back to get him. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of players like that. Once they make the next level, they're like, I'm in the safe zone later. Like, like I'm, I'm getting off this island. Don't worry about the guys behind me. There, there should be that mentality of a hey man, no left, no guy left behind. That sucks. What's going on down there? I know I made it to the Phillies. I know I got my contract, but hey, I got a bunch of guys down there starving. You know what I mean? Like, speak up. More players need to take this fight. I mean, what Ty said was he, that he wishes he would have been more involved in the fight while he was playing. He just felt mm-hmm. like he couldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. These players should be able to speak up about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. How come people are so against children working in sweatshops? I mean, obviously, children shouldn't be working at all in that capacity. <laughs> yeah. That's not my argument at all. Yo, children should be paid more. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I mean, hey, if, if kids should get paid more. They shouldn't be working at all, but if they're forced to work, they should yeah, at least yeah. get a normal livable wage because they <clears> are <throat> employees in that case. <clears throat> Nike. <clears throat> Nike, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We don't, have, we don't have Nike apparel. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. But, um, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, people are against things like that because it's unfair treatment of a children and unfair treatment of human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care about the argument of, well, these are full grown men or, well, these guys can just get another job. How would you feel if you came up to me and you're like, hey, I need to borrow twenty dollars. And I'm like, I'll just get another job. You know what? I can legitimately look you in the eyes or any other human being and say that. I, I mean, I don't make a crazy amount of money. I have never once said no to a donation drive in my life. I swear on everything. Whenever mm-hmm. somebody at a store asks me, would you like to donate? Never once in my life have I said no. Not one time. Mm-hmm. Even when I have $5 left in my bank account and they ask, I always say yes. You know what? Because it could always be worse for me. Mm-hmm. That $5, you know what? I get paid in two days and I've got food at home. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not any better for it, but I'm saying is, you know, I'm always willing to help any way I can. So right now, the best way that the best thing we can do right now is try to help these guys. I said it on my store on our story for the Halos in the infield earlier, but I'm going to keep saying it right now. We're currently developing a shirt 
somewhere along the lines that says I stand with minor league baseball and all the profit Todd and I have agreed all the profit from that t-shirt is going to be reinvested into minor league baseball players. We don't exactly know how yet, but if we have to drive to San Bernardino myself and feed these guys, you know, Wobble Grill or something healthier, I'm going to do that. So they can finally eat a good meal. That's the kind of stuff that we want to do because we want to help these guys. I mean, I have a good meal at home. Todd, I'm sure you have a good meal at home. And if not, you have the means to go buy it. Have you not seen me gain weight? I have plenty of good food at home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I guess that's part of the problem. We'll have to talk to your wife. Yeah, maybe I should be setting my food down there. God damn. Yeah, Yeah, right. You need Start making worse food. I'm going to tell your wife. Start making worse food. She's a good cook, I'm assuming? Yes, very good. Okay, that's part of the problem, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But at least you're happy. At least you're happy. All right, so back to the article. Kelso said he's losing $1,000. Not crazy. I mean, we've heard that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward a little bit here. Rent for his housing costs $2,000. Keep in mind, this is Alabama. But the team pays him $1,600 a month. Uh, Another exact quote here, so I'm not going to paraphrase just for, you know, his – for his words people don't understand the mental strain that comes along with that uh that you don't know how much money you're going to have at the end of the month and not knowing how you're going to make ends meet i was a late rounder i didn't sign for a lot of money the vast majority of players are in my position uh oh and there you go. he did have an extra job so He's worked as a Lyft, an Uber driver, as a warehouse worker for UPS and Best Buy in the offseason to supplement his minor league income and maintain his career pursuit in baseball. Uh, let me see. Remains of the guys. He said he is considering ending his baseball career after 2021 because of the financial and mental health strain of life in baseball. Kelso said the team expected him to consume between 3,500 and 4,500 calories a day but only feeds players 800 to 1,200 calories per day. Mm-hmm. Where's the money to come up with an extra 3K calories a day, bro? It's not there. It's, it's not, not there. there. I mean, maybe that's why they got to eat the zebra cakes. Look, zebra cakes are awesome, but they don't make you jump higher. They don't make you hit the ball harder. So, I mean, um, yeah, I – I'm with you on that. I I think that there there is a disparity with with all of this. There is a it what what it comes down to me is greed. Uh, you know, I would expect this from a Miami Marlins type team, like you said, maybe a Tampa Bay Rays team, um, maybe even Oakland A's, where they're struggling to find a home. But I, for one, have not heard anything come from the Oakland A's organization. I know it's spread around. I know it's not all teams. I know it's not all their affiliates. Maybe it'd be a few of them. Maybe it's the entire minor league system. Because talking to Packy today, it sounds like AAA Salt Lake is just the same. Uh, maybe not as bad, but it's just the same as far as financially. So maybe it's an Angels organization. And this being an Angels podcast, we've always come out there and called out the good You know when it's, when it's there. Like today, Patrick Sandoval almost had a no-hitter. Great news, awesome, fandom, whatever. But also we're there to point out the BS. We're not Roger Lodge clones here. We're not Halo honks. So if something looks bad, I mean, you really think Roger Lodge on his show is going to be like, hey, what's going on with this minor league system stuff, huh, James? Do you think the, you think these players are ever going to get paid, James? You know, he'd get fired uh, at the commercial break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'd be gone, you know, so – 
Yeah, I mean, like you said before, we don't have anyone over us telling us what to say, what not to say. And it's a good platform to where maybe if person A or person B listens to us, maybe they put the word out and it starts spreading like wildfire. Exactly. I don't want to burn my bridges with the organization. I'd love the opportunity to go down for batting practice and be able to talk to some players. But at the end of the day, doing what's right is more important to me Mm -hmm. than maybe being cool with the organization. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of these people who work their asses off for our entertainment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You go to a major league game, those guys are well compensated. These guys get $100 a day for food on top of what they're making in their salary. Minimum salary in major league baseball is over a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a livable wage. What's not a livable wage is 12K pre tax. So, as if the article hasn't already been pretty bad and pretty incriminating. It gets worse for you, Arturo. I don't think there's any way Artie Moreno's listening to this. And if he was, he's definitely not anymore. By the way, real quick, yeah. people on unemployment make more than that. So let that sink in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Lovegrove said that the living conditions for minor leaguers show that Angels owner Artie Moreno really doesn't give a shit about the winning side of running a baseball team <clears throat> because of its failure to develop the next generation of baseball players. Oh, oh, don't worry. It's frustrating when you're sitting in the pen and you're hearing guys just harp about how bad the ownership is and how bad the organization is because you don't want guys to be somewhere that they are unhappy. Is Moreno completely out of touch with the reality of what it's like to be a player? Probably. His words can't say I disagree with them. I don't see that really changing because I don't know that he really does care about the quality of the organization so much as the amount of money it produces. Once again, I'll say it, Artie Moreno, you are a sad disgrace for a little man. That's not cool. You are the fourth richest owner in Major League Baseball. If anybody has any ties with Artie Moreno, tell him. He needs to do something about this immediately. I'll, I'll get back to it after you. I just had a question because obviously I'm white here. Okay. So, you know, Artie Moreno is not a white guy. So I'm not going to speak on his behalf. Not be, yeah. Not being Hispanic, but I'll ask you this question. And, and you obviously being Hispanic background and everything. Viva Mexico. There you go. And Viva America. Having Artie Moreno as an owner, a Hispanic owner in, uh, you know, Southern California is a lot, you know, has a big Hispanic culture. Having him being a role model, which I think a lot of fans thought he was going to be in the community and also a saving grace to this organization and an example for other Hispanics to say, hey, you know what, we can go far. We can make it. We could be an Artie Moreno and, and be an entrepreneur and start out as a billboard guy and turn into a mega billionaire, which he is now. My question to you, Fernando, is, is it super disappointing the way that this has turned out, the way that we've seen his true colors, either if you don't agree or agree with his politics, but now stuff like this, where he could be a true leader and a true example to the minority <laughs> co- community, but now he's coming off just like everyone else. I mean, you know, I, I know what his political affiliations are, and that's none of my business. Everyone has the right to yeah, believe yeah, yeah. what they want. That's his right as an American. But what I will say is, you know, I'm answering this question as a first-generation American on my dad's side, 
second on my mom. So, you know, my roots are still very much in Mexico. I have a lot of family still there. Mm -hmm. So as a Latino, I remember when he bought the Angels, he was the first Latino to fully own a team in any Mm -hmm. major sport. That was a very big deal. Yep. Literally, Latinos everywhere were rejoicing. Mexicans were, you know, overjoyed. Mm -hmm. But it has turned out to be an extreme disappointment. He has not represented the Mexican culture correctly. He has not represented the Latino culture correctly. Because if there's one thing that I'm sure you understand about Latinos is that they have always been a very welcoming people. Mm-hmm. And this is almost the exact opposite. Latinos do tend to take care of their own. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, what you're raised on, you know. How many, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of Latino friends. Yeah, I have a Latino wife. There you go. And, you know, I'm sure she'd be the first to tell you that the number one thing they do is take care of their parents. They take care of their own. They take care of their family. Yeah, also families first. Literally, family is like the only thing for them. Mm-hmm. It's like a complete Vin Diesel situation. I have family. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is for Latinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's not like that for other races. That's just, you know, what my interpretation is because that's what I am. I am a Latino, so I can only speak on behalf of what I am. Mm-hmm. And it's this is almost the complete opposite of all that. You don't care about your family, which in this case is your players, because you should be treating them like your family. I wouldn't let my family be living in, you know, with four guys in an RV. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would care about their mental health. I would let them know, hey, I care about you today. What's it? Can you guys imagine what these guys must be going through to be in a position where they're sitting in a bullpen talking about how bad? the management is the ownership is where do you got to be in your life to literally sit there and badmouth your not your boss you know not your shift leader badmouth your ceo because you're so mistreated we all have times where we might feel mistreated at work but how often have you ever been that mistreated where you're cooking ramen noodles in a not even probably motel six i can't even imagine it's that good it's probably like you know Super you know, eight, the, super eight. <laughs> the the you know the Latino family motel here. You know mm-hmm. any family. I just once again, I have what I decided to pick on because mm-hmm. you know what I know. You know you're staying at the Visalia Motel. You're yeah, staying yeah. at the Lake Elsinore Motel. You ever been in a point in your life where you're you know you have the odds against you that much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's troubling because. Again, you're away from your family. You know, if you have it, your friends, you don't have that backing, and you're on your own. That sucks. And with Artie Moreno being who he is, and he just got, you know, he paid, literally came out on top buying the stadium from Anaheim. Only $325 million. That's, you know, almost, (laughs) he paid more for Trout. And then then you look at, you know, the stuff he's going to be doing, adding all that restaurants and and turning – the stadium into like a small little community in the future. This guy's going to be making money hand over fist. I mean, hand over fist. How much more money do you actually need to where again, this is not a non-profitable organization sucking the life out of you or, or, or trying to, or, or some side company trying to live off your millions and you and even though you make so much money you're like no i don't need anybody trying to to steal my thunder steal my money this and that no the minor leagues are up when you buy the team you bought the minor league system that is your baby 
along with your team. Take care of the whole thing, not just one thing. And that should go for any owner. And, and it's a disgrace that MLB has let this get to where it's at and be yeah, so this, widespread. This isn't just an Angels issue. Mm-hmm. We need to keep saying that. It's not. This is a Major League Baseball issue. It just None hits of these here. guys are getting paid. Yeah, it just hits here because, because it's, what Ty said earlier brought it to our attention, and we brought it to the page and you, the fan. And then now it's like, it's not just like, okay, if you want to hear a certain podcast about it, here's what it is. Like, no, you get your angel alerts and this is what you're looking at. So now the entire angel fan base knows how shitty we're running things. And one quick thing I'll say real quick is when Artie was uh, in that article was approached at at the tail end. He said, no comment. When Perry Messiah was uh, asked a question, he said, I don't know about the specifics of what's going on. I hope this is not true, but if it is, I'm going to investigate and make a change. Big words. Let's see if it happens. I, I've liked everything that Perry's done so far, for the most part. If What if he's the guy? What I mean, look, he could be playing dumb, too. We don't know. But maybe a change will come if Perry's – now he puts his stamp on it that he knows what's up. Or that he's heard about it too. I would like to see what happens from now on to see if Perry gets in there and gets in someone's ear to allocate money down to at least, if not fix the league, obviously, but at least fix this team's problems to where we're not being signaled out and articles are being made about this organization. Let me start off by saying that Arturo Moreno is worth $3.5 billion. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. Absolutely. There's zero percent there's a zero percent reason why we should be having this conversation. Yep. He has the means. One yep. of the richest owners in Major League Baseball. At least his team's worth one of the most valuable franchises in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And we're having a conversation about you know about these guys who are being mistreated, you know, and once again it goes much deeper than just the angels. We are definitely in a situation where any respect I had left for Artie Moreno is gone. Mm. I've been the one of the biggest Artie defenders throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. Am I a little biased? Maybe. You know, I, I cheer for anybody who's, you know, who does good to represent my culture. And I think mm-hmm. that's how anybody feels about any other culture. We cheer for Team USA when they do well in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's no different. It's the same thing. You take pride in somebody who should represent what you believe in or mm-hmm. you know what your what your culture believes in. This isn't it. This isn't it for any culture. Mm-hmm. What culture is okay with this? I don't care if you're black, white, blue, purple, you got polka dots. I don't care if you got zebra snakes. This isn't okay. It's not mm-hmm. okay. It's mm-hmm. not cool. Let's talk about the stuff, the bad stuff that's happened during Artie Moreno's time. And not all this has been his fault. But I don't think it's it's all been properly handled. Mm-hmm. You know, was the Nick Adenhart tragedy properly handled? Debatable. Did he not know about what was happening with Tyler Skaggs? I find it very hard to believe that this wasn't a thing that people knew about. I find it very hard to believe. It may not have gotten up to him per se till it actually happened, but I'm pretty sure... That, like you said, a lot of people in the organization knew about it. Then that is not even a hiccup in the organization. That is alarming. 
mm-hmm. in the organization. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you're working at like Disneyland and your you know, your coworkers doing drugs in the corner, someone's gonna find out probably immediately. Yeah. How in a major league organization where you're literally under a microscope did this go untalked about? How did Artie not find out? I think that has a lot to say about Artie Moreno. Artie Moreno doesn't even know how to get around his stand, his damn stadium by himself. Yep. Not a, not not a joke. I know that. Uh, right. What else has happened during his time that I'm blanking on? Mickey Calloway, mm-hmm. the pervert, was hired. They didn't do their we background, didn't do a background check. check. I mean, we posted the meme a couple of days ago. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, don't get me wrong. I got a laugh out of it. That was funny. But it shouldn't be funny. You yeah. know what I mean? How yeah. did this get under Artie's nose? Artie Moreno. It's time, my friend. Now this news is coming out. It's over, bro. You know, I, I mean, at some point. See, here's the thing, too, to think about. I didn't even think about this. Um, you're paying your vendors at the stadium more money than you're paying the uh, the players. That oh, I thought that went. I thought that went. You know, kind of. We just kind of knew that. I mean, we talked about McDonald's employees. Yeah, but people I mean, kind of assume that like McDonald's employees, like the bottom of the barrel, right? I mean, air quotes. But you these know, are growing up. You're like, okay. these are part time ushers. You know, they're there for 81 games. These are part time food vendors. They're there for 81 games. They're getting paid more than the ball players are for the entire season. That's pathetic. So, what's the minimum wage right now in Orange County? Uh, I, I think it's 14 something. It may be close to 15. It's supposed to be 15 by this year, I think. So, minimum wage. We're going to find this out because I'm assuming most of those ushers are probably getting minimum wage, right? I mean, let's yeah. just assume. So, it's 14 an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 14 uh, times how many hours do they're working on a game day? I would say six because there is prep time and stuff, and there's cleanup afterwards. They may even go eight. You never know because they might have them clean up around the uh, ballpark as well. So let's do six mm-hmm. to take the you know to take a shorter number. Okay, so that's eighty four, and what we're gonna assume they're working. We'll say what four days a week that way because some days they're off, mm-hmm. some days they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean that's three hundred thirty six. Let's just say they make four. Four, eight, twelve, sixteen. Well, damn, it's almost the same thing. <laughs> Never mind. They're paying getting paid the same as vendors. But I think they do work about eight hours. And these guys are probably working less hours. That's yeah, 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 yeah. And they have a lot less stressful job. And I mean, the guy to... who's got to tell you where your ticket is, like, oh, like, well, mm. your seat's over there, is a lot mm. less stressful than, oh, I got to dedicate my life to this. I got to, you know. I got to feed my kids one day. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. You know, and it gives a whole new side of the story when guys like Brandon Marsh come up or when these guys like remember a couple of years ago, I think his name was like Francisco Arcia or something like that mm-hmm. came up. He was a career minor leaguer. He's there for like 11, 13 years, something aggressive. Mm-hmm. It makes me so much happier for those guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dude, how the stories that those kind of guys should tell you, those are the guys we need to get on the show. Because mm-hmm. those are the kind of guys that people are going to listen to. Because those are the guys who have lived it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, there's just, there's too much BS in this whole thing that, again, I wasn't privy to. And now, like, I'm glad you started, sh- uh, you know, shedding light on this. And we've now seen it in the news. It's just, it's just 
one of those things where as a franchise, you've been rooting for this team to get better, to make it to the postseason. Again, I never thought in my lifetime the best ownership that w- I was under me that I witnessed would have been Disney. I thought Disney was crappy at the time, but knowing the fact of what they did with the minor league system, no one complained about back then. Um, the the league was run or the team was run way better. Um, it's just now I'm thinking. I thought with already buying this team that it would be like a godsend. You know, we'd be in the postseason. He'd attract more Latino players here, um, Latino fans, and it would just turn into this whole thing where it would be good. And that's the thing. He doesn't even, like, make an effort. Like, oh, cool, we give out a sombrero once a year. Well, he did do the Mexican wrestling thing one year. <laughs> that was a huge success. Oh, I didn't – oh, the Lucha Libre mask? <laughs> yeah, Lucha Libre. That was about it. Well, so. there you go. But, I mean, it's like he doesn't constantly embrace the culture because, I mean, this is Southern California. There's Latinos up the wazoo, which is, you know, mm-hmm. it's I mean, like it, he should be doing more, I feel like. I mean, I mean he doesn't have to – yeah, he doesn't have to pander to him, but every now and then be like, hey, you know what? Like, well, we should do a single de mile night, or we should do this, or we should do that. And he really doesn't. He doesn't embrace that. And then, obviously, too, you know as well as I know, when the team is winning, which hasn't been in a while, they, they can't help but show him up in that luxury box with his wife, sipping on some Jack and Coke or some whiskey. And, you know, he smiles and and and, and all this other stuff. Yeah, and, and he'll get on the Sleep radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and then so he's he's always prevalent there, but when that team's losing, you can't find him, dude. I mean, he's more elusive than where's Waldo. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I I uh, almost tripped over him at a spring training game. <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, sitting in his seats, and, you know, he has a, kind of like his little section uh-huh. rolled off there. Like, nobody mm-hmm. can go in. I just walked right in, and, but I almost tripped over him. I know him. Oh, wow. He didn't say anything to me either. He just kind of kept letting me live my life, and he didn't kick me out. So, hey, whatever. Mm. It's just, I don't know, man. He's just so nonchalant, not present. It's just any respect I had for Artie Marino is gone officially. It's over. It's over. Buy your sell the damn team merchandise on our Redbubble page. We are selling those like as low as we possibly can because I want those shirts to be everywhere. It's mm-hmm. not about making money. You know, you guys know the money we made just goes right back in the show. But for this particular shirt, it's not about that. This shirt is about doing more to get it out there. We want everybody to have this shirt. Mm-hmm. I want to see them at the tailgate. I want to see them at games. I just want to send a message. Is a t-shirt ever going to make Artie Moreno sell the team? No. But it'll let him know that, hey, man, this stuff's not cool. Mm-hmm. We're over it. It's literally – how come we're always on the news for the wrong reasons? It's never for the right reasons. Yep, yep. You would hope that this team was making noise in the standings, and unfortunately it just seems like you said. Um, it's and, and I hate to say it, but, you know, right now losing franchises do that, and that's where we're at right now. You know, there is – there you know, league-wise or with the, the team doing certain things with Perry – I think there is room to be optimistic and to be, you know, thinking that the better days are coming. But when we have an owner like this, um, you know, hopefully this ESPN article will get him off his ass to spend some cash to where, again, at least if anything, we can continue the fight, but with other franchises and not have to dwell on our own. (laughs) So, you know, we would like this to get settled now. And so hopefully this brought enough embarrassment and it continues to bring more heat towards Arturo 
and maybe he can make a change. That's just my hope. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, my like one of my last thoughts on this whole thing was, you know what? The information is now out there. Mm-hmm. Once it's out on the internet, it will never be gone again. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's public. Even ESPN talked about it. So, you know, the most credible, you know, sports news source reported on it. You know, local papers like the OZ Register reported on it. So now it's been out there and it's been established. There is no way that Artie Moreno is not aware that this was a situation that has been talked about. He decided to not comment. So he's aware that it happened. The ball's in your core, Arturo. Mm -hmm. Do what's right, man. It's not about money. It really isn't. It's about treating a normal human what they deserve. And it's like, it's not, this isn't even about being preachy. My job isn't to be preachy, but our job is certainly to cover things that people need to know about. And to me, that's exactly what this is. You know, is it cool to know who we're trading for? Absolutely. But you can go to literally any angels account to find out like, Oh, you know, they just, Jose Cantona got knocked around again, but not every podcast is going to cover stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to do it. And that might be us. Why can't it why be? Not you? A, oh, why not? Why I not forgot, us? <laughs> I forgot the damn catchphrase. My bad, dude. Why not yeah, that's us? Our, that's our new catchphrase. Yes. I put it on our bio. Why not us? Someone's <laughs> got to be the best Angels podcast, and someone's got to have the best Angels fans. Yep. Why not us? There you go. That is like the best saying, dude. So, hell yeah. So, that's it for me, man. I said my piece. You said your piece. Uh, let's hope for the change. And um, if you want to get, uh, you know, hear more content, obviously you've been listening through this far. If you got this far into the podcast, you can find us on all kinds of, uh, you know, Podbean, Anchor. Uh, we're on uh, Spotify, going to be on iHeart, on iTunes. And then Halo's in the infield. If you want to see the video version of this, uh, if you're not uh, listening YouTube, to yeah, yeah, YouTube is there. Got plenty of interviews. Got more to come. And we got a lot of filler stuff too for the off season. We got giveaways for the postseason or postseason post game, and the pregame shows. And we got uh, giveaways that we're going to start doing again on here. So hang tight with us and tell a friend because Halos in the infield is rising from the ashes and it's turning into something big. Absolutely, like, subscribe, give us a five star review. We really appreciate it. You don't even have the right words; just put five stars. Hell. Even if it's a two star, I don't care, man. Just just go in and give us a review. Let us know. If you don't like us, great, no problem. I mean, you know, it is what it is. This podcast is for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what: every single person on this network is unapologetically themselves. They are an Angels fan through and through. They want the best for this team, and more importantly, they want the best for these players. So, thank you guys for all you guys do to support us. We really appreciate your time. You guys are truly the best. Trust me, if Todd didn't agree with me, he wouldn't be spending an hour of his evening every single night to do the post game. He loves talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. We love talking to you guys. We look forward to growing this thing with you guys. You know, why not us? And I, that means all of us, the listeners and us. Literally one giant team. Because you guys are just as involved in this as we are. That's why we allow you guys to comment on everything. The the post games, the pre games, everything. It's all been for you. So we're, we're just appreciative. Absolutely. It's for the fans, by the fans. So, all right. So oh, for- one last thing, look out for, uh, I'm going to be doing a live, an Instagram live later this week with Ty Buttry, where we also talk about this topic. So if you guys are interested in that, 
be on the lookout for it. I'll try to uh, announce it on our story what day it'll be next week and what time, but it'll be next week. All right, sounds good. So for Todd Fox and the one and only. Uh, Fernando Mendez. There you go. <laughs> I caught you right there, huh? <laughs> this has been uh, Halos in the Infield Podcast. Catch us, catch us later.